Yeah, Major usually talks to Chad, but Chad is sick. Adam Carter in for Chad today. Chad will be back on Monday, but we welcome Major onto the uh, John Schuster Cobalt Banker Hotline. So I'll start, uh, Major, I haven't talked to you in quite a while, but I'll start this yeah. segment. Knowing that Chad might be uh, convalescing at home and listening to us, I'm going to start by wishing you a happy new year. Because Chad is uh, well, adamant, he's adamant that once it uh, once you're seven days into the new year, you can no longer wish someone a happy new year. But since this is the first time I'm talking to you in 2023, I will wish you a happy new year, sir. And happy new year to you. And Chad, I know you're listening. Please get well soon, my yes. brother. Yeah, it's going around. The crud is uh, definitely going around. Uh I didn't think I'd be talking to you today about a Chinese balloon, but let's start with mm-hmm. the uh, the balloon above Montana and what is the latest. Now, now, now possibly above Missouri, if uh, oh. Twitter is to be believed. So it's continuing to move uh, eastward. Um, it's an, yes. another. Well, is it the, are we sure, first of all, is this the same balloon or could there be more than one? So I just watched the Pentagon briefing on this and uh, the. Pentagon spokesman said there is one balloon. There was a report yesterday from Canada, not from the United States, that it was tracking potentially a second balloon. U.S. sources have confirmed, and the Pentagon says officially on the record, only one balloon. And this is not, to be ever so slightly glib, related to the Chinese New Year. This is not a celebratory balloon, Mm -hmm. and it's not a weather balloon, according to which the Chinese government asserts it is. Yep. The United States government on the record in public is saying this is a surveillance balloon that can be flown. That is to say, it has the means by which to direct itself. Right. It has its own independent power source. It's solar powered. It has surveillance capabilities. Having said all that, we should understand something else. The United States, Russia, China, many other countries operate high-orbit satellites in, in the upper atmosphere of, the, of, the, of Earth that circle the globe all the time, and they collect information. So it's not as if this is the only device China has to surveil the United States. It is not. It's the one we can see, though, and the one that has violated our sovereignty, violated, violated international law, and is a colossal embarrassment for the Chinese. And this is going to get resolved one way or the other, but that balloon's not going back to China. That we can be pretty much certain of. So how do we obtain the I know uh, President, former President Trump, Nikki Haley, say shoot down the balloon. And, shoot down, right. Okay, right. So uh, now, I, I, again, I don't want to be too glib here, but anyone who's old enough, as I am, to remember the James Bond movies of the 1980s remembers all sorts of things. We could send up in there and we gobble up satellites in, in mid, mid-orbit and take them and put them in another place. Mm-hmm. I was watching Leon Panetta, former director of the CIA and the Defense Department and chief of staff to Bill Clinton. So he's been in positions where he would know such things, says, told CNN, the United States has the capability to get this balloon. So we have the capability. Do we want to shoot it down? The Pentagon says no. Why? Because it's a big thing and it's close enough to Earth that in the shoot down process, it would come straight down. It would not burn up, which is what satellites do. When they burn it, when they end their usefulness, they come back to, to Earth and burn up in the process and reentry. This would not. So it would crash land. Well, that does create some risks for civilians and property. Pentagon doesn't want to go through that. Also, I really do believe the Biden administration is going to maximize the diplomatic leverage this presents sure. before it takes any aggressive action. Make the Chinese apologize for this. Make the Chinese look 
terrible for this. Explain to the world, a country that always, always tries to lecture the United Nations about sovereignty and respecting borders and staying out of people's business and letting each individual nation direct its own policy the way it sees fit. No uh, interference from busybody international organizations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, hold all that rhetoric up and make the Chinese Communist government try to explain to the world what this is. Maximize that diplomatic leverage before you do anything to take possession of this balloon. Do we know, uh, at least uh, as far as you know, that China has been using these balloons before, and has the U.S. government been aware that maybe these balloons have been above us before? So the Pentagon said at this briefing today, this is not the first incident. Hmm. That incidents like this occurred during the Trump administration. Now, there could be a very significant yet to be described a distinction between that. The United States has a lot of territory, as you might be aware. So this may not be, this may be the first time it's been over the continental, lower 48. There might have been balloons in and around or near Alaska, maybe something over Hawaii, who knows. The Pentagon won't say, all it said today on the record is, this is not the first incident like this with a balloon involved. But this is by this is quite. I mean, okay, I don't I don't have any active memory of balloons over Montana. No. So neither do you. So this is new. This isn't a new category. The other ones might have been farther away, and therefore less disturbing, less aggravating, and less diplomatically useful. But this does feel like it's in a different category entirely. And as a matter of policy. The U.S. government has to know, the Biden administration has to know, you can't let this thing drift all the way back to China. No. At some point, we either intercept it, shoot it down, or some combination of the two, take possession of the equipment, try to keep that equipment in as good working order as possible so we can do what? Learn what they have and learn how they use it. Uh, intriguing, to say the least. I mean, international balloonery. I yes. think, uh... So, so here's, my, here's my suggestion <laughs> to the Biden administration. Again, slightly glib, but also slightly serious. You know what we do on uh, Christmas Eve? NORAD has the whole thing, tracking Santa's Yes, flight. yes. Come on, just track the balloon. Don't yep. leave it to Twitter, for God's sake. <laughs> Officially track the balloon. Create a website. You can do it in five seconds, everyone. Go put it up so everyone can calm down. It's a slow weekend. There's no Super Bowl. We've got lots to watch for, so just put it on a designated website. I love it. I love that idea. Uh, moving on to a topic that uh, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of eyeballs were on the, uh, this uh, last couple of days, Ilhan Omar being removed from the Foreign yeah. Affairs Committee. Uh, Major, my question about this is, you know, we've heard uh, Ken Buck apparently in an elevator saying this was the stupidest vote. Um, yep. why, why would he say that? And I guess are there long-term ram- ramifications for this move? So when I started covering Congress in 1990, and members of Congress didn't like something another member said within their party or across party lines. You know what leadership said? Go over there and talk to them. Yep. Work it out. You got a grievance? You got a hassle? You got a problem? Your ego is bruised, whatever. Figure it out yourself. We are not going to institutionalize grievances across party lines unless there's something that's so significant that it violates the criminal code meaning you're indicted, then the, then the House has to make some sort of judgment about whether you can stay in or stay out. Is there an ethics violation? Take it before the Ethics Committee. But if it's short of that, work it out yourself or move on. 
we have now reached a stage of American politics where the activist base of both parties expect and demand institutional grievance settling. Well, guess what happens when you do that? When party majorities switch, the grievances switch, and therefore the reactions come right back at you. So two Republicans were knocked off committees in last Congress for things that were supportive of white supremacy and violence and white nationalism and borderline anti-Semitic, and the Democrats kicked them off. Now, Ilhan Omar has been kicked off the Foreign Affairs Committee for comments that she made, then didn't retract, but apologized for us as part of her education, et cetera, et cetera. And that is writ large, big billboard, tit for tat. I don't think they're the same. And if we're going to call out a member of the Democratic Party like Representative Ilan Omar for anti-Semitic tropes, it's worth noting that in 2018, Kevin McCarthy as a congressman accused uh, three prominent Jewish business people also involved in American politics of trying to buy the midterms. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's an anti-Semitic trope or not, but it's close. So did Tom Emmer, by the way, a fellow, fellow Minnesota congressman who no. yesterday called Ilhan Omar an embarrassment to the state. He made the same comments. You know, so so look, uh, in politics, there's a lot of uh, rough rhetoric. Uh, the, as the old saying goes, it ain't beanbag. And when you institutionalize the grievance settling in the combustible area of politics and rhetoric, you're going to go through a lot of these gyrations, none of which are responsive to the needs of the American public, but they are responsive to the demands of activist bases. And because those activist bases are more involved in the day-to-day activities in Washington than they used to be, these sorts of things are going to continue, not end. Yep, that's right. We're talking to Chief Washington Correspondent Major Garrett, uh, Nikki Haley uh, becoming more mm-hmm. visible. I've seen Mike Pompeo's face on, t- on mm-hmm. TV quite a bit. Uh, but my question is, is we've got these varying poll numbers for how popular the former yeah. president is. Uh, mm-hmm. Which poll numbers are right? How popular None. is he? None. 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 This is a wake me when it's over. <laughs> yes. Situation And what I mean by over, wake me when some Republican says, I'm in the race, I'm the right candidate, and former President Trump is the wrong candidate. I am right, and he is wrong. He may have been good, he may have been great, but he is no good and no, not great anymore, and he can't be the president because I must be. And here is my three reasons, five reasons, 12 reasons, I don't care. I really don't think this race has any validity and any polling on it has any act, actual value until somebody gets in and says, former President Trump, you are wrong and I am right. We are still waiting that moment. Nikki Haley may bring it to the nation on February 14th or 15th. Others may too, but that's when this race will be joined. And until then, everything is in a place of unknowing. Because plenty of Republicans don't want Trump to be the nominee. Plenty of them. More than enough to deny him the nomination. But they don't have a vehicle with which to do that. Mm -hmm. And until that vehicle emerges, it's all academic. Lastly for you, um, Mm -hmm. the Super Bowl next Sunday, do you have a rooting interest at all? Do you... uh... So I do. So as, okay. as, as the audience well knows, having grown up in San Diego, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, hometown team that I grew up with departed for a, um, some small 
insignificant right. uh, city known known as Los Angeles. Yeah, they're not even the kind only of, team uh, there. I mean, it's kind of a backwater, yeah. you know, smoggy, traffic-ridden right. place that I don't spend much time in. Uh, so I don't have a team on a constant basis. However, I do default to any AFL team okay. because my hometown team, the Chargers, right. came into professional football in the American Football League, so the Chiefs qualify. So I'm very much rooting for the Chiefs. Plus, having gone to the University of Missouri, I have several great friends from the Kansas City area. They are huge Chiefs fans, and in honor and respect for them, I will be a big Chiefs fan next Sunday. As will I, just because Philly's annoying anyway, too. Philadelphia fans are <laughs> It is. It's not the city of brotherly love. Not at all. It's a lot of things, but it is most definitely not the city of brotherly love. Happy New Year, Major. Is, I've never gotten any of it. No, I've never gotten any of it. Me neither. Happy New Year, Major, again. <laughs> <laughs> Just to rub it in. Thank you so much, sir. I appreciate you hopping on with me, even though Chad was off. All right. And, Chad, get better. Absolutely. Thank you. There he goes. Major Garrett, Chief Washington correspondent, 1250 now on News Talk 830 WCCO.